Hello and welcome to the Arcade Attack Podcast. My name is Keith and I'm here with my fellow podcasters. <laughs> Dylan's, Dylan's Dylan. running. I'm finally in the room. Hello. <laughs> I've got such a big house, it takes you about 10 minutes to oh, get inside his room. <laughs> oh, I got here in the end, but here I am. And Adrian. Hello. Got a big gulp. Adrian's Keith. got a mouthful of beer. Sorry. And Rob. Yo. Right, now, um, obviously this isn't going to be a surprise to the listeners, <laughs> but... It is a surprise to the guys in the room. So uh, I want you guys to first of all guess what's in the box <laughs> before you look in the box. You know what the first in. guess always has to be, right? Parcel bomb? Is it Gwyneth Paltrow's head? <laughs> is it's it Gwyneth not, Paltrow's head in the box? It's not Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box. No. Okay. All right, it's not. It's not. You didn't say it wasn't a parcel bomb. Does that mean we could <laughs> in? It's well, like Keith's last will and testament. Yeah, I wanted to all recorded. Pact. That's it. No, Keith's it's gonna not. get us it's to, not. yeah, Keith's gonna get us to open it and then just run out of the house, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you could just give me a five minute head start before you open the box, <laughs> that would be grand. No, it's not a parcel bomb. One more guess. Uh, oh, I think he's joined the Jaguar Club finally. What do you reckon? <laughs> I think it's something retro gaming related. I'm gonna you're put it out funny. there. You're funny. One episode. Can't go one <laughs> episode. All we want is one, not even one minute of one episode. Okay, come on, dig in. Who wants to open the box? Jaguar CD. It's not Jaguar I CD. I will no. open the box. <laughs> open the box. Rob, go on, Rob. Go on, Rob. Dig in, Exit. Dig in. Exit the rest dun, of us. I see a lot of bubble wrap and... <laughs> it's a box of bubble wrap. <gasps> oh, you, you should know. Oh, is it, I see lots and lots of 3DO games. That's right. Whoa. It's a Panasonic 3DO. Whoa. You nutcase. Why have you bought one of those? <laughs> it's just crazy. How many times have we mentioned we need a 3DO and Keith's just gone and done it? I just did my duty. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Just give it its full title. It's a Panasonic FZ1 3DO interactive multiplayer. That's that's really catchy. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is. Come on, get it out. Get it out. Yeah. Adrian, can you get your pants out of my face? <laughs> 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 I'll pass a few games over to Dylan. Come on, come on. I can already see uh, a certain... Uh, wow, Super Street Stallone. Fighter 2 Turbo. Are you kidding me? Was this even on there? FIFA oh International God. Soccer 3DO. Oh, Road Rash 3DO. Oh, yeah. And Madden. Man, have you got every big... I've basically, you've got, got at least... You've got all the good games, the really on, good the games on the 3DO. <laughs> And here it is. Oh, someone, man. someone hold the box while I, Ooh, while and I put Demolition it out. Man. I, a game I bet no one ever thought they would play when we were talking about it go. a few months back. There it is. Rob's yeah. holding it. Um, <laughs> what the hell is pood? <laughs> we'll come to that. Later. <laughs> we'll come to that. Pood. It looks like some kind of first-person game. There it's she P-O'd, is. There she in is. Like uh, short for. Rob's got it. Pood. No, not short for the market. There it is. Admire it. P- post office. I admire post my three DO as it sits before you. So it's a really sort of charcoal grey, is that right? Yeah. And right. It's, yeah, it's got those lovely kind of almost legs on the sides. It's quite an in- interesting design. I really like the design. It's cool looking, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what it looks like to me? Um a little bit I mean obviously the kind of C D tray is smaller, but it looks a little bit like a late era Nikem VCR. Which I haven't heard. It, it does, does look it really like a piece of home like cinema PCR. equipment, and that's kind of what I thought as well. So here's the, there's the controllers there as well. Have a quick... Are they official have controllers? Have a gander. One of them is the original Panasonic 3 wow. controller. So it's many buttons. <laughs> Three. Oh, no, I was <laughs> Three, looking four, at the uh, turbo That's the six-button pad there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's essential for Street Fighter 2, obviously. I can't even believe Street Fighter 2 was on the thing. So uh, yeah, when I the bundle console. I got, I got the console... Um, one third-party three-button controller, which isn't here because it's crap. Um, and I got Demolition Man, Madden, uh, Wing Commander 3, 
uh, Foes of Ali, which I haven't actually played yet. And, P- yeah, PO'd or Pooed. And Road Rash. Like call it. Road, well, Road Rash I bought after I got it. Ah, okay. um, But yes, Road Rash as well. So we've got a nice little selection there. So yeah, Panasonic 3DO. This Road Rash has the proper soundtrack, hasn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Soundgarden. Yes, it does. Therapy. I love the Demolition Man box, Keith. It's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. I can't describe it, really. I think they're the, they're the US boxes. Oh, are they? Yeah, so we'll, t- we'll talk about that kind of stuff later on. Okay, cool. Um, the ones, the other games that are in the dual cases, they're the power ones. Okay, so, Panasonic 3DO. I don't know if what I've ever seen one before, what actually. The, I've never seen one in, yeah. in real life. No, same. I've seen a CDI before, because our friend Darren had one, and they're, they're quite unusual. But did, you, did he really? He did, didn't I he? Didn't Do you remember? remember? I, I vaguely. Well, yeah, no, yeah. I'm pretty sure he had it. He was CDI one. was always the machine that you didn't want, but your parents bought it for you. <laughs> well, oh, my, you, parents did man, my parents never got me one. Well, I mean, parents <laughs> are the only people who ever bought a CDI. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's more true. about learning, wasn't it? But the 3DO, I think, is a cooler machine, definitely, are those, those, are those two. Cool. Cool. Are you saying that uh, 3DO games are better than Link's <laughs> on the CDI? <laughs> oh, let's not talk about that now. Yeah, look, Zelda and Jagger in one pod, who would have thought it ate There you go, well <laughs> done, mate. <laughs> right. That's the drinking game done and dusted. So, <laughs> the 3DO, the, what is it? What is the Panasonic 3DO? So, it was developed by the 3DO company um, and manufactured by Panasonic, Sanyo and Goldstar. Um, and it's part of the fifth generation of video game consoles. Ouch, man. Yes. Fifth generation? What generation the hell are we yeah, on? Who, what uh, came out with it then? So, what, the fifth generation would have been... CDI, 3DO, Jaguar and Saturn, I want to say. Or uh, Saturn and PlayStation part of the fifth N64 or maybe? Yeah. yeah this would have been pre... Saturn, it was pretty, it? it was, but was it, oh, I don't know. It's still 32 bits, still the yeah, same it, era. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to, we'll have to check that. Which generation it was. But it was, yeah, so it was released in North America in October 1993. So if you think we were playing on Mega Drives, Super Nintendo's. <laughs> so this was the future, man. Um, it came out in Japan in 1994 and Europe in, also in 1994. Um, and it was available from 1993 to 1996. So a short lifespan, but we've known shorter. We've known shorter. We've known shorter. I mean, that's actually Jaguar. Yeah. That's not that bad. The Dreamcast was out for less than the 3DO. The Dreamcast was uh, discontinued after less than two years. Less than two years, dude. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a sad story for another day. I barely remember the video lasting a year. Like, there was a kind of, the the opening release games, there would be like kind of one would trickle down every now and again, and then I just kind of stopped. Yeah, I mean, me me too. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about um, sort of the the launch and the history and the downfall. Um, But you're right. It was, it did die down to a trickle. Um, but yeah, three years it was, it was discontinued. Well, it was discontinued in January 1996. So maybe that 93 to 96, it's not quite, yeah. not quite three years. That's optimistic. Yeah. Um, any guesses how many copies, copies, how many consoles were sold? I don't think there's that many of these. The different manufacturers because there was three different manufacturers. Really? Mm. Again, something more. You've got a total oh, figure. I'm going to say... Yeah. How many consoles? 800,000. Higher. That's higher. Wow. Higher. higher. Yeah, I was, was going to go for a cool million, actually. Higher. Still? Two mil? Two million. Two million. Huh. Two mil. And yet, I don't think I've ever met anyone who had one. I know, again, crazy. 
They're but not hideously expensive. That's why the prices are heading upwards. Yeah. But no, not hideously. You're right. They're not yeah. hideously expensive. Um, but they are becoming collectors' items. May so I, I ask how much mm. you paid? Um, no, bun- you may not, Rob. <laughs> the, no, he hasn't. It's too late. The bundle I got cost uh, 170 pounds. It was an eBay. Well, that's not bad it was at all. an eBay auction. So no, that's I was quite happy with that. I was prepared to go up to just under 200. So I mean, I also you've got almost every big title except what is the big video title that was not in that group. Well, I imagine. I know oh, you'll hold speak- that thought oh, okay, Rob, because I'm right. going to ask you a question. In a okay. Sec. Oh. Um, what do you think the best-selling game was on 3DO? It might be the one. Did it have a, any bundle know. titles, Keith, of interest? Was it like a packing game? Let's find out later when we get further <laughs> down my notes. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, since yeah. you asked that, mm. I feel the need, Keith. Oh! I feel the need no. for speed. It wasn't need for speed. But yeah, another game, mm. an, an, an ongoing series that it started been. on the 3DO. That's great. Yeah, need speed. for speed. Yeah. Um, okay, not then. <laughs> Can you, okay, if I was to ask you who the mascot was for the 3DO, which character it was, maybe that would job the, the old boy mm-hmm. matter. What? I didn't even know it had a mascot. When I say it, you'll go, ah. Oh. It's not Rayman, is it? Not Rayman. It was ported over to the PlayStation, I think, and possibly the Saturn as well. Is it that stupid goblin looking fella? What's his name? No. Hubert or something. I don't know. No. Hugo. Maybe Have you just made up that? <laughs> you got the goblin. Is it like a squirrel or something? Nope. Greener. Greener. It was more green. <laughs> like Gex or something? Gex! Ah! Gex! <laughs> Gex! Gex! And Boom! Yeah, it sold over a million copies of that. So that was the biggest selling. So I, I've got a feeling, as we may find out later, that may have been packed in with it at some point. Oh. Um, okay, so... Uh, the 3DO Interactive Multiplayer was originally conceived by uh, the 3DO company, which was founded in 1991 by Electronic Arts founder... <laughs> Trip, Trip Hawkins. Hawkins. Trip Hawkins. What a lovely man he is. Um, <laughs> and the company's objective was to create a next-generation CD-based video game slash entertainment standard. Um, and so, yeah, the kind of high-end consumer electronics. Going back to what you were saying, just by, you know, the look of it. It looks to me more like a, a piece of kind of early 90s home cinema equipment. Yeah, it looks like a shrunken um, VCR player, doesn't it? Like a, Yeah, uh, if only someone had said that earlier <laughs> on. <when you> were <laughs> if only. Um, yeah. And uh, Trip Hawkins, I don't know if this, we've mentioned this in the past, but Trip Hawkins said in the early days of EA uh, that they were strictly operating in the PC market and they would never get involved in consoles. Um, but obviously, as we know, by the late 80s, this had changed. Um, and a licensing deal with Sega meant that the Mega Drive mm. slash Genesis in particular was flooded with EA produced and published titles. Um, so obviously, Trip's opinion on the console market changed. So he tripped over his own words a bit there. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's only taken two podcasts to come up with that part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting because you look at this, uh, this kind of point, the fifth generation, whatever you want to call it. You have this kind of space where post Mega Drive SNES going into like the 32, even 64-bit kind of uh, yeah. era. You had a lot of kind of people come in, like a lot of other companies thought there's space here. We're going to try and come in. You know, we've mentioned a few of the other rival machines. Yeah, I think it was a good time. If you wanted to come in and compete, you wouldn't really want to go in today's uh, time. I think back then there was a chance. Do you not think? Because yeah, Mega I mean, Drive yeah. SNES were dying out. A big company, you know, it, PlayStation were the winner. Let's be honest. But it was crying out for a new contender. And yeah, 3DO I mean, had, a, had a chance like everyone else, I think. Yeah, like, uh, obviously, kind of, uh, PlayStation and Sony, uh, 
Frida was Panasonic, CDI was Philips. You have all these like kind of nascent uh, electronics electronics makers thinking they could come in. Obviously, Microsoft were going to come by with the Xbox at some point. Uh, you know, a lot of kind of people thought, well, we've got a shot, and it may not turn out the way for everyone, but, you know, they took their shot. That's right. Um, so, anyone know who who helped design the 3DO hardware? I mean, that is, I know it's a ridiculous question. I know you're both person. <laughs> no. Yeah, any names at all, any people that you might have heard that were involved in it, apart from Trip. Fell, Mr. Fellover. Jakes. Uh, no, no, so that the was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty low standard. Even we need a man. sin bin. Like on this. Well, he gets a red card. He can't speak for five minutes. No, no, no. Um, the 3DO hardware itself was designed by Dave Needle and RJ Mikau. I'm looking at Aidan Dill um, because the next sentence will prick their ears up. Designers of the Commodore Amiga Ooh. and the Atari Lynx. That, I, that, yeah, RJ Mikau. Yeah. Show. That ring, that rung a bell. That was why I asked, just in yeah. case you'd heard that. They as well. designed, oh my god, they designed yeah. the Amiga. And it started from an outline on a restaurant napkin in 1989. Oh wow, I wonder yeah, if that napkin still exists, if you imagine. <laughs> it's in a frame somewhere, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Chip Hawkins was a long time acquaintance of, uh, Nida and Mikau and found that their design very closely fit his philosophy for architecture, uh, architecture and approach. So he decided that rather than him starting a brand new team, he kind of latched onto them. Um, and sort of join forces to shape what they were doing into what he wanted it to be. So when you say that, like, yeah. what aesthetic qualities are we talking about in terms of what well, know, this and the links and this basically, um, the idea was that it was going to be as close to a PC as console gaming could get at the time. So, in that sense, without picking it up too much, the 3DO was essentially what current gen consoles are. So a PC with like fixed architecture. Mm. You know, because that's essentially what a PS4 or an yeah, Xbox is now, isn't it? Now. Yeah. Um, and that was the idea. So these were the three guys that sort of came up with the, the idea for the 3DO. Um, now, the 3DO company, as it was, lacked the resources to manufacture consoles. So the plan was instead to license the hardware to other companies for manufacturing. Now... Trip recounted that they approached every electronics manufacturer, but their chief targets were who do you think that they would have gone for? Sony, uh, Sony, and Panasonic, Panasonic. Um, Sanyo, people like that. Who at the time were the two largest consumer electronics companies in the world, and both Japanese, obviously. Yes, yes. Um, however, Sony had already begun development on their own console. Oh, <laughs> I wonder what that was. The little-known PlayStation. Oh, we never yeah. heard of that one. And they ultimately decided to continue work on it rather than sign with 3DO. Um, according to former Sega CEO, Tom Kalinske. Hello, Tom. Hello, friend of the podcast. Uh, the 3DO company was engaged in very serious talks for Sega to become involved with the 3DO. However, it was passed on by Sega due to concerns over cost. Lie on the wall so, in that office. Yeah, what could have been? Oh. You know, instead of Do you know what? Maybe that would have been a great partnership. You never know. Rob's shaking his head. Um, I don't know. I don't have any strong feelings about it, but I mm. think... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I think at this point Panasonic were kind of, I don't want to say in a downwards, they hadn't begun a downward spiral, but they were not the presence that Sony were, I think, and certainly in the years that followed, I don't think they were as big a presence. Yeah, but I've just noticed we're a Panasonic, so Sonic the Hedgehog, there's a link there. <laughs> no. Get in the sin bin. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll, I'll defend Adrian there, but I think they're going to make some good puns there in the old advertising. There could have been some good puns. You know, 
get a yeah. Panasonic the Hedgehog. I like it. I'm out the sim bin. Thanks, Dil. (laughs) Getting back on. Right. Um, Yeah, so the idea was that it would be manufactured by various partners and licensees. So I'm going to start looking at Adrian because there's some business questions. So um, 3DO company would collect a royalty on each console sold and on each game manufactured. To game publishers, the low $3 royalty rate per game was a better deal than the higher royalties paid to Nintendo and Sega when making games for their consoles. So, Trip was saying, $3 on each game, that's it. Do you want to guess at the time what the royalty rates were for Nintendo and Sega? Oh, I found this out. So dollar. I thought I'd drop it in. $3. So, let's How imagine much? each game sold. I about, said dollar. Is it dollars? So, each game probably sold for $30 or $40. So, it's not, that's not a lot, really, is it? No. 10% so, what, what, um, do, what do you I think, think it was more than $30, $40. Like, Mega Drive games were 40 50 pounds. Yeah, Somewhere, okay, yeah. fair enough. So what do you think Sega charged in royalties per game? Mm. I think 20%. Give me 20%. a dollar figure. Well, it depends how much it's $15. Been sold. $15? No, I think that's a bit greedy. $15 was Nintendo. Oh, Ooh, boom. Sega, uh, Sega would have been a bit less. Sega higher or lower? Higher or lower? <laughs> I'm going to say lower. Yeah, $13. $13. So you can see that's a massive sort of wow. undercutting. That's a massive undercut. $3. Is that that all they're going to charge? I I love how the person who came to that decision was someone who was in a game, an actual game-making company. (laughs) He's probably bitching about paying the high royalty rate for years. And he's like, finally, finally I have a console. (laughs) I only have to pay $3. It's clever, though, because that's a really good way of getting developers on side early doors. Mm -hmm. I quite like that strategy. I like trips. I I was going to ask what you thought as as our resident Um, business expert. Well, about that idea. Yeah, you're getting like 20% of the income you would get if you were a different company. Yeah, but it's a long game. 3DO are playing the long game, weren't they? I mean, were 3DO, you just kind of say all that kind of stuff, were the games cheaper because of that? Or were the games developers actually just kind of taking a bigger cut? Mm. It might lead to more exclusive games. I don't know how, ex- how many exclusive games are just on the 3DO, but maybe that's a, an argument. Uh, there are a few exclusive games. Mm. They tended to be from one publisher, for the most part. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Come on, look, I like Trip. At least he's trying to rip up the rule book a bit. I think Sega and Nintendo, they're, just, they're going with the same ideas, similar royalty rates. This guy's trying something a bit different. So uh, even in the EA uh, podcast, when I was really getting quite negative, I always thought Trip sounded like quite a cool guy, actually. So I, I quite like him so far. Good. Okay. So Panasonic launched the 3DO with its FZ1 model in 1993. Um, that's the one I've got here. It's the one people I think are most familiar with the look of, um, even though yeah. we never saw any in the flesh. Um, Probably because uh, we remember all the like the initial release hype. Yeah, yeah. And this is this was the first model. Um, and then later on, Goldstar and Sanyo both manufactured the 3DO as well. So it's called a Sanyo 3DO. And a Goldstar and, and a Goldstar 3DO. So it doesn't yeah. have the Panasonic logo in all of them? No. Are those no, ones more Only rare, the then? ones made by are Panasonic. Um, I I think there was probably more made of these because it's like the initial mm. shipment, the, the initial model. Um, but I believe the Gold Star and Sanyo ones were slightly cheaper as well. It's like it's a, oh. a TV. If you bought a Panasonic TV in the nineties, it would cost yeah this much. If you bought a Sanyo TV, it would be a fraction of the cost. That's it. It's interesting. Yeah, really interesting how you they get were, the same console but manufactured by different companies. It's it was, crazy. It was a completely new idea. Um. Mm. Now, there was a few other companies who actually obtained the hardware license, but oh. didn't 
actually ever sell any 3DO. Can I have a guess? Yeah, have a guess. It's I, more... I think JVC might have had a go at this, right? No. It's a good guess. I'm mm. going to guess Iowa. Nope. Bush? Nope. You'll get Bush. one. You'll get a couple <laughs> of them. You'll get, there's two, there's two. Uh, big ones. No. Ta- no. One of them are mainly known now for mobile phones. Ericsson? Nope. So, Samsung. Samsung. Oh. So you could have had possibly a Samsung 3DO. Um, Toshiba. Oh, yeah. And it was a T1. Toshiba. Um, and AT&T, who remain the, phone? Uh, the, the phone American sort of, yeah, telephone giant. And they went as far as to build prototype AT&T 3DOs. Um, and they were on display at the January 1994 Consumer Electronics Show. Were they trying to get network capability into those phones? <laughs> Maybe. For multiplayer. So, right, different versions of the 3DO. So the, the Panasonic ones, as we were just saying, they're the best known and the most common. Um, and that's this. So this one here is the Panasonic yeah. FZ1 Real 3DO Interactive Multiplayer, which was released in Japan, Asia, North America, and Europe. It was the first 3DO system, and it was initially priced at. Do you want to have a guess how much? Five hundred quid. No, uh, no, no less cheaper than, than that. that. I don't know. I'm gonna say. I guess it was a guess. Right. Right. <laughs> Dill says five hundred. <laughs> it was a guess. It was a guess. Don't I, shoot me. It's in, I, I've got a dollar price, so Dill says oh. five. So it'd be like seven hundred dollars. Dill says seven hundred dollars. No, I think okay dollars. I think. Four hundred dollars. If it's dollar, I think it was three fifty over here. So I would say four hundred and fifty dollars. Six hundred and ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. Now who's laughing, bitches? <laughs> that was the launch price. So again, we're talking about high-end consumer electronics. High-end seven hundred dollars in the US. Uh, Seventy-nine thousand eight hundred yen, which is approximately <laughs> seven hundred and twelve dollars in yeah. Japan. Um, Panasonic later released uh, the FZ10 model in November 1994, which was a year after the FZ1. It's less expensive, slimmer, and lighter. Um, it's also not as nice. It's you, probably, you guys might have seen it about on the internet. It's a top loader. So mm. one Ooh, of the yeah, thi- I think I have seen. That. Yeah, one Ooh, of the, when yeah, I was doing loader. my research about buying the 3DO, a lot of people said if you bought the FZ1, the tray, the disc tray can fail. Uh-huh. And unless you get it with so they just made it with a flip. It's just got a flip up. The noise uh, Dylan made there is noise I make whenever I hear the words top <laughs> word top loader. But this one, I don't know. I, I, these guys haven't seen it plugged in yet. When plug it, it's just got these really cool lights and it just it feels more quality. It does look cool. I have to the say. FZ10 really... didn't appeal to Hold me. On, we said like top loader a few times. We haven't said loader to Todd. Hi, hi <laughs> hey, Todd. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mate. Yeah, we, we like that top loader. Yeah, we, we like that top loader. That's fine. But, so, yeah. before, before Aid tells me what he likes about it, that, yeah, the FZ10 featured a top loading CD tray, an internal memory manager, and it repositioned the LEDs in controller port. The controller included is also smaller and lighter than the one included with the FZ1 and lacks a headphone output. Keith, why don't you tell no. me about this one controller yeah, port on well, the FZ1? I will shortly. Lacks a headphone output. <laughs> I will output. shortly. So somewhere, yeah, I, somewhere in America, there was an Apple worker who saw that and went, hmm. <laughs> that would yeah. be a good idea. Mm. Is it's, it because PC gamers usually play one-player games, so it's like, just have one. We'll, 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 come, on to, we'll come on to the, the single port thing in a minute. Um, there was, uh, oh yeah, a custom FZ, Panasonic N1... 1005 3DO CD changer Robo. Robo. And FZ, this was an Who FZ. Who comes up with these names, <laughs> man? This is an FZ1 custom console fitted with a five disc CD drive. Ah, drool. So you could have all of the good games in the machine at the have same time. Have you seen one of these? No, Oops. I haven't seen one of those. I haven't seen one of those. Um, 
Right, San, the Sanyo IMP21J TRY 3DO Interactive Multiplayer, <laughs> which was Japan only, released in March 95. This model has the pickup head on the tray, so it resembles a laptop optical drive. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, and that was made in medium quantities. <laughs> Gotta love Wikipedia. It was made in medium quantities before it was discontinued. Medium quantities. <laughs> like medium. I have no idea how many that was. Um, the Gold Star GDO101 Alive 3DO Interactive Multiplayer. Um, have these people not heard of code names? Or just yeah. like, have they just literally just like... That was released in South Korea, um, and is similar in physical appearance to the original Panasonic model. Um, there was another Gold Star GDO101M, which was the same one, but released in America and Europe. Um, Gold Star GDO, t- it's like, C3PO R2D2. The Gold Star GTO, GDO 203P 3DO Alive 2. You're twisting my melon, man. South Korea only. The rarest of all the systems, which, and it resembled a very rounded PlayStation, apparently. Unfortunately, I couldn't find pictures of any of these, so I don't know what they look like. Um, Can someone just make it up for Wikipedia? Maybe. You never know. I could just be talking utter nonsense. (laughs) Um, The Creative 3DO Blaster. Which was a PCISA expansion card. PCMIA? No. Yeah. With double speed CD-ROM drive and a controller that... Oh, enab- you mean it went into a PC? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and a controller that enables compatible Windows-based PCs to play 3DO games. Okay. Oh, that was produced by Creative Labs. Oh, like that one of those. And Arcade. What? Arcade. 3DO games were in the arcade? A few arcade games used 3DO technology. I have no examples. In no. some cases, a Panasonic FZ1 was used with a custom BIOS and custom controller board managing input and audio. That sounds awesome. Doesn't it? Does it? Because I'm pretty sure at this point, 3DO is below arcade in terms of graphics and sound. Yeah. Uh, yep. In 1993, Fair. probably. So I, I must well, find out what those games are. Demolition Man, maybe. You you couldn't. 3DO technology. <laughs> the 3DO couldn't have handled something like Daytona, which would have been out in 1993, Mm, maybe mm. I'd like to see I'd still a like to play it though just for the yeah. retro retro loveliness yeah, okay I, so I, one more little bit of boring sort of techie nonsense so the original co- so just, just to talk about the hardware inside because they've all got the same hardware inside um, the FZ1 was referred to in full as the 3DO Real Interactive Multiplayer it had advanced hardware features at the time an ARM60 32-bit CPU two custom video coprocessors a custom 16-bit DSP and a custom math coprocessor. Custom math Ooh. coprocessor. I'm not going to do. Ooh, I need to co-process it. my math. It bro. also featured two megabytes. Two megabytes of DRAM. DRAM. That's a, yeah. I mean, one megabyte of VRAM. Oh, DRAM and an ERAM. And a double-speed CD-ROM drive for main CD and Gs or photo CDs and video CDs with an add-on MPEG video module. Or you could get an add-on MPEG video yeah. module. Which, for 1993, sounds kind of impressive. A lot of consoles no had idea. those. Like, yeah, mm. but no one bought them. No. <laughs> um, it included the first light synthesizer in a video game console, converting CD music into a... Ah, you didn't know that, pattern. Adrian. Hold on. <laughs> no, <laughs> wait, wait no, just a Adrian second. Uh, said, Adrian said it was a Jag CD who had the oh, first Oh, well, my notes say it was the 3DO. Oh, Adrian. You Jeff Minter we'll says... Have, we'll have to check that. Jeff Minter says it was a Jag CD. Ooh. Oh. When was the Jag CD Jeff Minter released, or though? Wikipedia? <laughs> when was, was the Jag CD Well, the Jag released? CD get, 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 get getting delayed, so maybe the technology was produced before. 
that wasn't released. Well, maybe the first public, you know. Who knows? I'm just scratching. I'm, pick, I'm scratching at straws. You a bit are here. a bit. Yeah. Um, it's one of the few CD-based games consoles that features neither regional lockout nor copy protection. Ooh, which oh, means, doesn't it? Which means you can play illegal copies of games or oh. homebrew software. Yay! Is there actually is there a homebrew scene? Do you know Keith at all? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. You guys are going to be mad at me. Go on. Because I'm pretty sure a couple of years ago, I think Jordan offered to send me over one of his spare 3DOs. <laughs> and I said, well, there's no point having an NTSC, like, 3DO over here. They're region free, man. Oh, drop the ball on <laughs> that one. <laughs> Not only is Dylan the sin bin, he's been relegated. He has been relegated. <laughs> he's off the podcast for the next Jordan four weeks. Freeman. Yeah, uh, yeah. So oops. like I was saying earlier, that copy of Demolition Man I've got, I believe it's a US copy. But <laughs> the other games are PAL games oops. and they all play. If you could choose, okay, Keith, to have all your games on the 3 in one version, the power of the US version. I really like those long boxes. I, I do, really too. Cool. Yeah. They're uh, similar to the CD long boxes that were tried in the, I believe, late 80s, early 90s. Oh, really? Yeah, basically, um, Tower Records, uh, like, were, all their shops basically were kind of set up to have vinyl, mm. to have vinyl records. Obviously, CDs are much smaller. So ah. uh, the guy who ran Tower Records came up with this quote-unquote, genius idea <laughs> that he was going to introduce uh, long boxes for CDs that would make basically the same height as old vinyl records So he because w- he was too cheap to actually refit stores. <laughs> I like this nice. guy. It, no, it was, a terrible, it was a terrible idea. They looked ugly, obviously ecologically nightmarish, mm. and luckily it didn't last very long. I like him. But that's where the They're idea nice, comes from. <laughs> yeah. I like him. And, and this one that you've got here, I mean, it's a bit torn on it's the It's just one corner. On I know. It's in pretty good nick apart And it's that. in really good nick, Plus, actually. you get to see a lot more of Stallone's body, don't you? Because it's not just his head. Which is always a bonus. Yeah. yeah. It look, kind of looks like a tall <laughs> version of a special edition VHS Oh, case. yeah. Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had the copy of The Matrix in one of those boxes. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had the same box. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sure I had an LA Confidential one where you got the book free with it. Nice. Ah, See, this is the thing, like, for one of these, you could put a nice, nice big book in there as well. And <laughs> there is, there's, the a, DVD of there is there's a nice manual in there, isn't there? Uh, let's have a look. Hold on. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think many Stallone fans. Oh, no, they put it beneath the, I, it's an below the one. CD. It's a, it's a CD side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't know how many Stallone fans can really read that well. <gasps> Ouch. <gasps> wow. There is one in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Oh, all right. So... Although there's no regional lockout present in any 3DO machine, a few Japanese games can't be played on non-Japanese 3DO consoles due to a special kanji font, which the English language consoles could not read. Games that have compatibility issues include Sword and Sorcery, which was released in English under the title Lucian's Quest, the adult video game Twinkle Knights, oh, hello. <laughs> and a demo version of Alone in the Dark. So Sorry, that's what? it. Pretty much everything else was What was that second one free, called? Right? Twinkle Knights, uh, and that's Knights with a K as well. So, Robby, Robby, getting a copy of that. The, the, the knights are coming to attack our castle. Which knights are they, sir? The Twinkle Knights. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back to bed. That's an easy victory. <laughs> I'm guessing if it's an adult game, Twinkle Knights could be. Um, <laughs> it could mean any number of things. <laughs> it could. It's yeah. Japanese, Dylan. Like, yeah. I want to play. Can you imagine Twinkle the Twinkle Knights in Knights of the Round? Now, that'd be a great mashup, wouldn't it? <laughs> Not that I've seen Twinkle Knights. What would their names be? Oh, I don't know. The um, Twinkle Knight, Twinklet, Twinkler. Oh, I don't, we're we getting all, all trouble. Yeah, I'm going to say really Henry, similar to whatever trouble, the names of the ponies in My oh, Little well, Pony are. Henry Twinkler. <laughs> Henry Twinkler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Rob's shaking his head. <laughs> Peripherals. 
We're just, we're just ignoring Karen. Um, most 3DO <laughs> systems ship with a standard controller as well as AVM power cables. Now, the 3DO controller... I'm glad it came with the power cable. Yes, that's very I'm helpful. Very, very, very pleased. Uh, <laughs> the 3DO controllers were unique in that the system unit contained only one controller port. So how do you, you play... One-player games, boo. How do you play multiplayer, Aid? How do you do that? Okay. Any ideas? Any ideas? Uh, I'm going to guess you have to buy a four-player adapter like you would have to do uh, for try the 16 again. bits. I think... All the multiplayer games on the 3DO are those annoying ones where you have to, if you can select two players, but you take it in turns. Road Rash um, is like I that, can, unfortunately. <laughs> there's, there's an, another kind of wire thing on top of the, uh, joypad. So I'm going to say maybe you have to plug the second one into the joypad. There you go. You can daisy chain the controllers. Oh, it's so, so you, dumb. So, I have no idea why <laughs> they did it. So you plug the player dumb. one into the con- console, um, and then the controller has a controller port, and then you can plug player two, and so on. Can you get up to like a hundred players? <laughs> well, you wouldn't be able to play, but you could daisy chain a hundred 3DO controllers if you That's so desired. That's actually, yeah, without the need for getting a full, um, like a tap or something. So, so yeah, you could play. You could play. I, I'm guessing, games. say, FIFA or Madden games. should work four player. Can you imagine twelve player Bomberman? Because the Mega Drive <laughs> the version, wires. the Mega Drive version was four player. It was. Oh, this, looks, the box. this looks more like the PC version though, so I don't know. But why can't you just have four ports on the machine? You're looking at me. I have no idea. Um, Ask Panasonic or... It would have the portions. production cost of the console, wouldn't it? So, oh, here you go. Um, so, okay, as we've said, you had to daisy chain controllers together. Up to eight controllers could be linked together in this fashion. Um, all controllers for each 3DO console are compatible with one another. Um, in addition, standard 3DO controllers released with the Panasonic FZ1, which Rob is holding right now, also contained a headphone jack and volume control. That's cool. Which is pretty neat. Like, I used to sometimes play mm. my Mega Drive with headphones, but you had to sit right in front of it, plug the headphones into the console, and you have a mm, little, sli- cool. little slider. But here, you stick it in the bottom of the controller, mm. and you've got a little, volume, imagine... little volume knob as well. No, so but that's pretty sweet. That's you're, pl- cool. you're playing FIFA, and the last minute you can see the goal, and you throw your controller down. Not only do you, f- you, throw, you throw your everyone controller else falls down. down. You throw all the controllers <laughs> down. Yeah. Um, uh, I think much more importantly, if you want, if you're losing, you can just pull the other person's out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could. Uh, I'm looking at you, Rob. You know what I used to do to you, brother. Yeah. Um, now, third-party controllers were produced by a number of companies, including Logitech. I own one of those. It was terrible. Um, a really interesting thing. I want to try and get hold of one of these. Uh, a company called, <laughs> with a really generic name, World International Trading Corporation. It's not like a Ooh. fake name. <laughs> <It does. laughs> um, they Ooh. released an adapter that allows Super Nintendo controllers <gasps> to be used with the 3DO. Ooh. Nice. Um, there was also a six-button controller released, a must, for the excellent port of Super Street Fighter Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I've got a six-button controller, but it's a third-party one. The Panasonic ones are really expensive. This is something I really want for Demolition Man. Specifically, um, the only light gun released with a 3DO was the Game Gun, uh, a product of a developer called American Laser Games. Uh, despite this, say like that, American Laser Games. Games. Despite this, no fewer than 10 games with light gun support were produced for the system. Uh, Most of them were arcade ports, including Mad Dog McCree. No, I do. That's a great game. Oh, please get that key. Um, Then that was released. That was actually a port uh, of a game by American Laser Games. Oh, American um, Laser Games. I'm going to guess Lethal Enforcers, maybe? 
There must be a port of that. There, there must be. be. Um, Virgin Interactive and Digital Pictures also released some light gun games for the 3DO. Um, oh, please get the light gun. It uses the same design as the game gun released for the Sega Mega CD, um, except instead of being blue, like the Lethal Enforcers one, it's orange. Um, so it's like an old, old style revolver. I like it. Um, and some game guns house a controller port so that another game gun may be daisy chained for two player. <laughs> daisy so how chain. You're holding the gun and you're chained to player two by the you lead. You just like pull it away from Yeah. Them. Oh. I'm guessing there must really have been weird. a pretty long lead. Well, I hope so. I kind of like and I don't like that idea at the same time. I like the fact that you don't have to get an extra peripheral to play multiplayer stuff, mm. but that you're all stuck together. Stuck just, I know. I mean, it was hard enough with Wise separately yep. as it was, you know. Oh, we're all stuck together? I mean, come on. Man, at the end of a gaming night, the, the tangles you have to get rid of, can you imagine? Oh, God, <laughs> it's like you're all tangled around each other and you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh. Um, there was no light, the light gun wasn't released in Japan. Um, however, the localized uh, Japanese versions of Demolition Man and Corpse Killer retain light gun support and could be played by Japanese gamers using imported game guns. Mm. Panasonic and Logitech both released the 3DO mouse. Oh. The Panasonic FZ it is J- a computer, JM1 all. and Logitech 3DO, 3DO mouse are identical aside from their markings. Fewer than 20 games supported its use, some of which were optimized for the standard controller or light gun rather than the mouse. Of the 3DO games which were optimized for use with the mouse, best known are Mist and Lemmings. Makes sense. The Panasonic mouse was also bundled with Konami's Police Nauts in Japan, which came with a Police Nauts mouse pad. That's like your favourite game. Cool. Yeah, I do like Police Nauts. Um, home Arcade System. Home Arcade Systems released a steering wheel for the 3DO, which is supported by several racing titles, including the Need for Speed. Need for Speed, man. Mm. That was a good game. Yeah. Okay, so... But you don't have it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> How can you look at yourself <laughs> in the mirror, Keith? <laughs> Um, so, I mean, you kind of touched on it before. What, as a business decision in terms of the console licensing that to other manufacturers aid, do you think that's, that was a, a wise decision? Yeah, I was um, wondering how much of the money, so did Panos want to get a big slice on the console sales, do you think then? Ooh. Compared to, I, I assume the games, it's not, but then you say it's not a huge royalty actually. Yeah, when you cut the pie up, it's, the money's going to a lot of different people, isn't it, to be fair? Hmm. Um, Maybe Trip isn't as smart as I initially thought. Maybe I'm going back on Rob's side, actually, because, yeah. Well, the questions are, why doesn't the 3DO company still exist? Yeah, well, well yeah. Well, is it because they, they cut everything so low, they didn't have enough to live <laughs> well, on? Can you imagine, at the end of the fiscal year, all well done, guys, we've got a million pound profit. Oh, Oops. this guy gets this much, and yeah. this Oops. over here. Don't forget to pay the cleaners and that company. Oh, we're left with two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. So, li- licensing to independent manufacturers made the system extremely expensive because Panasonic, Sanyo, Goldstar... Had to make a profit on the hardware itself. Yeah. Whereas, as you probably know, um, most major console manufacturers such as Sega and Sony sold the systems at a loss mm-hmm. with expectations yeah. of making games up for the loss with the, the software sales. Yeah. The 3DO was priced at $699, far above the competing game systems at the time, um, and aimed mainly at sort of high-end users and early adopters. Hawkins has argued that the 3DO was launched at 599 and not higher myths that are often reported. That's a quote. Yeah. Um, in a later interview, Hawkins clarified that while the suggested retail price was 699 not all retailers sold it at that price. So they took a hit on it because yeah. they, they knew it was overpriced. Um, the Gold Star Sanyo and the later Panasonic models were less expensive to manufacture than the FZ1. Mm. Um, and they were sold for considerably lower prices. So, for example, the Gold Star model was launched at 399 
which is the yeah. huge difference, obviously. Um, and in addition, after six months on the market, the price of the FZ1 had dropped to 499. Um, How does anyone man, make any money yeah. out of that? <laughs> so, which led some people to sort of say that the 3DO's cost wasn't as big a factor in its market failure as was usually claimed. Mm. Um, and I was thinking maybe there was some shades there of the satin price drop. Oh, yeah. You know, that from 699 to 499 and the, the satin... Well, the satin got undercut it on its first day, didn't it? By $100, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel a bit sorry for 3DO because they got a good idea. It sounds like they got a good, powerful machine. It's, good games, but yes. just yeah, not enough money to to develop themselves. Unfortunately, mm. and too too much. They had they had grand plans for it. Yeah. Um, Trip claimed that the console was HD TV capable. Wow! And that you tried that? No, not, <laughs> <laughs> no, because at the moment all I've got is the uh, RF. The old uh, yeah. Oh, are you serious? But they're oh, wired dude. into the back of the console. That's it. Oh, I think there's an. Oh, that's a composite. You got composite. Yeah, it's got. Oh, sorry, right. yes, yeah, a composite one. There's an S video port as well. That's all right. Um, which I haven't tried. But yeah, he said it was it was HD TV capable. Um, and he made me put my phone down and I lost my place. <laughs> one sec. And that the that's it. And the company could use its technology for a set top box, like TV. Mm. Yeah, as well. Um, yeah, I bet there were deals though. If you bought a Panasonic TV, you get like a three D O. A bit cheaper and stuff, and vice versa. Do you think? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I think that's a big outlay of cash. Those two things together. Yeah. Mm. But it's so so the, the way they were promoting it. So, um, Computer Gaming World reported in January 1994 that the 3DO was poised for an avalanche of software support to appear in the next 12 months, unlike the Atari Jaguar and Pioneer Laser Acting. Ooh. The magazine predicted that if 3DO's licensees can get enough machines and software out in the market, this could very well become the interactive gamer's entry-level machine, mm. and possibly the ideal plug-and-play solution for those of us who are tired of playing circuit board roulette with our PCs. EA promoted the console in two-page adverts, describing it as a technological leap and promising 20 new titles over the next 12 months. And... <laughs> I mean, 20, 20 titles in 12 in months a year, that much. It's not really... It's not really. It's not that big of a promise, is it? Um, How many do you think came out for the first year of, say, the Mega Drive? Oh, first, I don't know. What, so, what, the first year in Japan and... Like, 89. Eight, yeah, 89. You might have a point, Rob, actually. Mm, yeah, not loads. If, if, if a console does well, it builds up traction and more developers get involved. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe 20 is okay number, actually. Hey, look, the Jaguar, like... Wh- Let's not talk about the Jag CDs launch titles, eh? No, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, launch time. Do you guys remember anything about the launch? Like, I mean, not the launch itself, obviously, but sort of hype about it coming out or a bit. adverts for the console. I remember seeing it in stores and like kind of, but they only they never had more than about four or five games for sale because obviously it, was, it wasn't really a big mm-hmm. thing. But um, I just remember kind of reading about it in magazines and thinks thinking. This looks really good, mm-hmm. and you'd kind of, I think a few of them, the games did kind of get crossover hype. Madden, yeah, definitely got hyped up a lot. Yeah. Um, Need for Speed, same thing. I don't even remember there was a Street Fighter, like a Super Street yeah. Fighter 2 version. It's a, I mean, we'll talk a bit about the games in a little while. It's a really good version of it, um, and it's the first version of Street Fighter 2, I think, that had like CD sound. So obviously oh, the, ga- the games actual... are on CD, so it's got actual CD quality music, yeah. Wow. Which is pretty cool. Um, so, you get this, right? In 1993, the 3DO was awarded Time Magazine's Consumer Product, Product of the Year Award. Wow. Time? Really? Come on. Yeah. 
I just remember I mean, that was mainly based on like pre-release stuff, I think. But yeah, well, no, I, I remember Keith thinking mm. consoles are nice, fluffy little things. You can play little platformers, <laughs> and I was getting into my PC gaming, and the 3D was kind of it did seem to bridge that gap. I'm just looking at Wing Commander yeah, 3 yeah. here. You can't play Wing Commander 3 on SNES or Mega Drive, exactly. And I, it, it, it's a step, isn't it? It's where, I, I, I think yeah. at the time it was. It looked like it was going to be the next. It was going to be cutting edge. And the point about PC board roulette was yeah. true at the time was because it? you didn't know how good a PC really was. It'd be like having like yeah. X amount mm. of RAM or yada yada. yada. Well, see, that's it. You and never that... knew whether that would be able to play that kind of a PC mm. game that came out of something. Whether like, it could oh, handle damn, it, I need or, a better yeah, graphics yeah. card, or oh damn, yeah. I need more RAM. So. It's, no, it, it, I think it could have really worked. It could have worked, but it could have brought PC gaming to people mm. not wanting to play that. I think that, that was the that. idea. And there's definitely a market for that, and I think mm. there still is. Defo. Um, so yeah, I mean, the launch in October 93 received a great deal of attention in the press, um, as part of the multimedia wave in the computer world at the time. If you think about Multimedia the, wave. Yeah, uh, all the, you know, FMV stuff and interactive movies. It and was the buzzword, like wasn't it? FMV. Mm. Fair play for jump on the bandwagon. So there was a lot of games slated to be launch titles. Mm. So Return Fire, Road Rash, FIFA, uh, and Jurassic Park Interactive were all slated as launch titles, but were pushed to mid 1994. Um, due to developers' struggles with the then cutting-edge hardware. Um, also, the 3DO company made continued updates to the console's hardware almost up until the system's release, which uh, obviously didn't help and resulted in a lot of third-party titles missing the launch date, in some cases by less than a month, because the developers weren't left enough time to fully test them. Um, again, kind of shades of Saturn in terms of the developers' difficulty with games and not the complexity Shades of, of how the, the Amiga first came about as well, actually. Isn't mm. it? <laughs> They're like, oh, let's make this and then uh, going to have like seven sort of iterations of it before it before it took took off. Mm. But that's a shame. That's a real shame, actually. It should, that, that shouldn't happen no, to a console. No, it shouldn't. It can happen to like a computer brand or something, but to a console. Yeah. Mm. And again, we're talking about the Saturn, like with the American launch of that, when they did the surprise, oh, it's available now. And there was a hardly end. There was only like six games. There was only one game available at launch. One game, yeah. and that was the third-party game Crash and Burn. Um, That's quite apt, isn't it? Really? Panasonic also failed to manufacture an ample supply of consoles in time for launch day, and as a oh, result, Panasonic, most, most retail stores only received one or two units. <laughs> one or two. I knew it. And now you can imagine that now in, in like game, like they've got two PS5s when it comes out. You remember like three D like, um, sections. 3DO sections were so Jingle all the small way. in shop. They'd give out like a little ball with a number on. <laughs> That's so bad. I want a turbo mandol. <laughs> he got two. He got two. <laughs> um, yeah, so that obviously caused issues with the launch. There was only one game. Um, it, when it was released in Japan in March 94, which was obviously a few months later, it, it had six games. So the launch there was a bit more successful. <laughs> they were slightly Woo-hoo! more prepared for it. Is it. Six yeah. games. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, like you can't really bring out 50 games or whatever at launch. I know, I know, I know. No, no. Um, the Japanese... We're spoiled now because when a console comes out now, mm. you've uh, got at least like 10, 20 good goes. Nintendo Switch. <laughs> oh no, yeah, the Switch had about... It had two, minutes. didn't it, at launch? Yeah, Bomberman Breath and the Breath of the Wild. That was it. Was that it? Yeah. Oh, ouch. So it still yeah. happens. It still happens. Um, the Japanese launch was moderately successful with 70,000 units shipping to 10,000 stores. Woo. However, sales soon dropped and by 1995, the system was known in Japan as a host for pornographic releases. Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> but Are we talking like, like CD-ROMs you can watch or like yeah, stuff you can play I along with? I guess there was probably like interactive stuff where you... 
click the thing and they all got the video card yeah they, yeah I, I don't know um it's all night based i've heard though it's all twinkle nights twinkle nights yeah stuff <laughs> like that medieval um, stuff but before so obviously before we look at the sad decline um let's have a quick look at some games now we're not going to go in depth um as the games themselves are something i'd like to cover cover something i'd like to cover, cover. later <laughs> i'd like to cover <laughs> on a later podcast um once you guys have had a chance to play it as well yeah. Um, so some of the best received titles for the 3DO were either ports of arcade or PC games. Um, that some of which were PC games that other systems, other consoles just couldn't handle at the time. So Alone in the Dark, Mist, um, Star Control 2, all, uh, popular PC games. You couldn't play those on your Mega Drive. You couldn't play them on your Mega CD. You couldn't play them on your SNES, you know? Um, so. There were those kind of games, um, and some of the other popular titles. Just, I'm just going to do a little brief rundown, because you guys might not be that familiar with the 3DO's extensive library. Um, total, it's here, isn't it? It works, <laughs> well, some of it is, yeah. Um, total Eclipse. Of a heart? <laughs> no? <laughs> like, Vidgrid style, just, just all Basically, Bonnie Tyler. Oh, Bonnie Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. It's a space shooter made by Crystal Dynamics. <laughs> it's kind of like on-rails space shooter. It's very, it's, it's very pretty. And the main character is called Bonnie, Bonnie. Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, now, Jurassic Park Interactive. This sounds really good. Um, it's probably not. It was 3DO exclusive. Um, and origi- like I said, originally planned to be a launch title. And you think, oh, what could have been? It was the first game released by Universal Interactive Studios. Uh, so basically, the interface of the game is a computer screen that allows the player to navigate a map of the island. Uh, and play a collection of five mini games programmed by Dennis Nedry. Wow! Uh, <laughs> so players have to locate various guests on the map and then engage in like short. One of the levels is like a first-person action level where you have to outrun the T-Rex in a jeep. Um, you have to escape from the building containing raptors. Um, I think there's like a first-person bit where you have to shoot approaching Dilophosauruses with uh, an electric gun. Um, and apparently you have to sort of locate all the island's guests and get them back to the helipad. Is there a mini game where you have to spray shaving foam on your apple pie? You have to sort of eat maybe, it? maybe. You have to eat the, <laughs> the apple pie. <laughs> yeah. But that sounds pretty cool. Um, Gex, as we mentioned before, biggest selling game on the console. Gex out of it. Again by Crystal <laughs> Dynamics. Um, it was well, pretty like that pun either. <laughs> a pretty well received game. Um, Gex as a character in the game was voiced by Dana Gould. Your name sounds American comedian um, who wrote for The Simpsons for seven years in the late nineties and early two thousands. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> um, uh, that yeah it was ported to the Saturn. I was right. Yeah, ported to the Saturn and PS One later. Um, Crash and Burn was the launch title, which was a combat racing game, notable for its impressive drawing distance, especially when compared to later games like Daytona, U- Daytona USA Saturn port. Uh, and well, I've seen yeah, well, footage of this one, and it's really quite smooth. Yeah, um, um, the, the Saturn Daytona doesn't take much beating, mate. Sorry to in <laughs> terms of to, the pop sorry up. to dampen yeah. your, your spirits. <laughs> pooed on your heart. Sorry to pooed on your your thing there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pooed on it. Um, Slayer: Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which is a fantasy first-person dungeon crawler action role-playing game. So it kind of straddled a few genres. Um, much? Yeah. It's supposed to be really good, and it's got a customizable dungeon generator. Ooh. So each we time do like you start, cu- we each, do like dungeon generators. Each time you start the game, you're faced with a new dungeon, which is pretty cool. Um, and it drew praise from D and D aficionados as it stuck to actual D and D rules. 
which D and D. I'm just going to keep saying D and D. Did it come with a twenty sided dice? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Then it uh, doesn't stick to the rules. Maybe you roll one in game. I don't know. Maybe you <laughs> click on a on a dice. I don't know. Um, I think it would be more impressive if it stuck to the cartoon. Yeah. Yes. That would have been better. They should have made yeah. a Dungeons and Dragons game. They should have done. Killing Time. I want to get this one. It's a horror-themed first-person shooter. Killing Time, um, yeah. But this I is g- one of the ones that Jordan has remastered for Zoom platform. Oh, actually, really? So you can play it on Oh, there. okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Probably where he has a 3DO, actually. I've seen some footage of this. So it's a first-person shooter. It looks pretty good for mm-hmm. the time and for you know a less powerful PC. Yeah. But the really nice touch of this is there's ghosts that appear to the player in-game. Mm-hmm. They're done through FMV. But because they're ghosts and because of the way they kind of appear on screen, it's actually quite, for the time, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. So they appear in game and kind of interact with you and then sort of disappear. I've seen footage of it. Yeah, it does look pretty It does look pretty good. So I, I want to try that one out. Yeah. The Need for Speed, the very first incarnation of the now massive franchise. Um, I think I've seen some footage of this as well. It features lots of trash talking between races. Nice. Yeah. Um, with some like really like yuppie looking dude. Um, but, you know, you know the type over the shoulders. Let me think. 93, 94. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe even Virgin or, or HMV or someone in Croydon had Need for Speed running on a, on a demo. Video. Oh, wow. Maybe. And I played it. And wh- whoever chose the track, I would, I'd, I'd like to punch him in the face because it was just, <laughs> it was just an oval with no other cars. It, it was a it. yuppie. Oh, I just kept going around. I was like, Oh, Need for Speed. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is great. No, I don't want a 3DO. I think it was a yuppie that chose it, didn't he? He was looking at it. I will choose to go for one yuppie around here. When you were describing this uh, archetype yuppie, I yeah. just was picturing James Spader in every 80s movie. He yes. Was. yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn James Spader for choosing that crappy track. Except for Top Turf. <laughs> he's not really yuppie in Top Turf. And not Crash. Him. And he's not really yuppie in that, is it's he? It's not an 80s film. Okay. Oh, <laughs> need for speed. Like Technicality, 90, yes, That's like 90s James Spader, by which time he'd become typecast as playing he's sexual he's deviance. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. He's all right. Hmm. Can you um, imagine James Spader, the video game? Act like a sleazeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen clips of like the FMV on that, on Need for Speed, and he's like, oh, does the, does the race car driver want to go home to Mama? <laughs> oh. It's really like, really yeah. cringy. Dylan, really cringy. Oh, does Dylan want to play this track? <laughs> <laughs> Don't play a different track, Dylan. <laughs> Road Rash. Regarded as the very best Road Rash game, and oh. de- definitely the best 32 bit version of the game. This was one of the ones I remember most about the hype of it when it came out. And I can remember seeing footage of something like the FMV and stuff. And it might have been on Games Master. And uh, it just looked so cool. It's really smooth. Um, the FMV cutscenes are really funny. I've seen quite a few of them now. And the fully licensed soundtrack. Because I remember the clip I saw. It had um, Rusty Cage, the Soundgarden song. Yeah. Uh, my Rusty Cage. You go. Rob's our resident <laughs> Chris Cornell impersonator. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad I'm going to be able to play that one. It's got the best version of sprite-based John Madden football, which won't mean a lot to some people, but it does to me. I'm, um, I'm doing my curious face. Yeah. Too. Well, no, it, was, it is regarded as the best sort of sp- because it still plays like the Mega Drive versions. Mm, but obviously, right. the graphics are taking a step forward. But they're like, like PC kind of graphics. For the time. For the time. I don't want <laughs> to go, don't <laughs> wanna go, too, now, I don't too, go too overboard. Um, <laughs> the version, again, a lot of people are going, oh, sports games. That version of FIFA is wicked. I'd never played. It's completely different from the console really? one. So this version, I'm I've pretty sure. I've never played sure. the PC one. 
Yeah, I'm so pretty it may sure be similar. The PC ninety five really well. or PC ninety six was yeah. exactly like this. Okay. So I've played those and I did like them. Mm. It's good fun. It play. It, it's much more playable. As much as I enjoy yeah. the Mega Drive version, it's much more playable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, it's got uh, yes, the 3DO version of Samurai Showdown was the, Ooh, was the only yes. port at the time that had faithful graphics. Um, oh, what are you knocking out Neo Geo? Well, it was a Neo Geo arcade game. Yeah. Well, that's so I'm not classing yeah, it as a well, port. It was, it's well, the only, it, it, yeah, <laughs> it was the only port that had faithful graphics. Um, 3DO Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo is the first port with CD quality audio. Um, since the release of the console coincided with the arrival of the modern first-person shooter, uh, the 3D also had some of the earliest members of the genre as exclusives, such as Escape from Monster Manor. You guys nope. heard of that one? Heard no. the name. Killing Time, which I mentioned. P.O.'d. Pood. Pood. <laughs> um, that one, I mean, we'll maybe talk about it once I've played it properly, but the, the, um, the story is you're a chef on a spaceship, and the spaceship crashes and gets, like, invaded by aliens, um, and you're a totally pissed off chef. That's why it's called P.O.'d. And so you uh, go around attacking people with like big uh, knives and frying pans. So it's basically um, Under Siege meets Bubsy 3D. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> it's better. It's better than Bubsy 3D. Um, it is Bubsy yeah, 3D. Yeah, you're totally PO'd chef, dude. And probably then, yeah. isn't better than Under Siege. But it's though. really, it's. I mean, some some of the um, enemies they're like walking butts. It's really, <laughs> it's kind of, it's gross and stupid. It's um, 90s, right? 90s. It's 90s, man. But it, it, it sounds awesome. I want to play yeah. it. Yeah, it does sound awesome. Um, it's got an excellent port of Wolfenstein 3D. Ooh. And sadly, a crappy port of Doom. Mm. Um, it's really bad. But I don't know why. It's maybe, you yeah. know, whoever developed it, I'm not sure who's behind the port. Um, mm. So, yeah, so I'm looking to get a copy of Wolfenstein, but not Doom. It's a shame. It's a shame. Um, the 3DO library also exhibited some less successful traits of home consoles at the time. It was one of the first CD-ROM consoles and some early titles frequently attempted to use interactive movie-style gameplay. Um, so you've got games like Night Trap. Um, that was on the 3DO? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, With good quality FMV, I guess. Yeah, it, it, looked, be better, it looks better than, than Mega CD. CD. Yeah, much better. Um, there's a game that I quite, quite want to try. It's called The Deadless Encounter. D A E D. No, it doesn't ring a bell. I've heard Deadless in another context. Is it like a book series? Or maybe I don't know. But that's an FMV game, and it's fame. Well, it's what fame? I won't say famous. It's well known for starring Tia Carrera. Oh yeah, Tia Carrera. Um, and True Lies fame. And True Lies fame, of course. Of course. <laughs> so that's one I want to try later on. So yes, yeah, it's, it's a little smattering of some of the games. Um, in terms of the, the console's reception, I mean. Again, do you, do you really remember much? Because I don't remember a lot of coverage in the magazines. And no, stuff. there wasn't in your CNVG much, and your other not sort over here. Anyway, multi, your multi-platform magazines. There weren't much on it. Mm. Le- even less than the PC Engine, probably. Yeah, there wasn't much, much of that. Again, I'm, I mean, they, maybe covering it in console magazines, it wasn't. Is that I, weird, I wonder it? if it was covered in more kind of upmarket. Highbrow stuff that we yeah, wouldn't have read. Yeah. Time magazine. Like time, oh, Time magazine. Time. Yeah, product of the year. It's weird because it's not quite in the PC magazines. It's not quite yeah. in that sort of console. It's kind of that weird. It would have been covered in Edge. Time that was why Edge yeah. existed to like kind of do 
like long dull articles Edge, about future consoles. Yeah. <laughs> was Edge out then, though, or was that slightly later? Because no, I, I remember that around like PlayStation time. I'm pretty sure Edge was out by '93. Yeah, okay. I can look this up while you go on to the next bit. Yeah, well, um, well, the 3DO was reviewed by GamePro just prior to launch, and they gave it a, a thumb sideways. <laughs> thumb sideways. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. yeah. They commented that the 3DO is the first CD-ROM system to make a real jump forward in graphics, ga- sound, and game design. Mm. However, they questioned whether it would soon be rendered obsolete by the upcoming Jaguar CD. Oh. They they speculated <laughs> correct, mate. They speculated correct. <laughs> and yeah. and Project Reality, which was later to become. The Saturn? No. No, Mega PlayStation. No. 32X. No. The crazy PlayStation. No. Oh, no, N64. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> we got there. We talked about this in the GoldenEye. Yes. yes. Stole N64. <laughs> and they felt there were not enough games yet to justify a purchase, recommending that games wait several months to see if the game would get a worthwhile, system would get a worthwhile library of games. Uh, Edge Magazine, October 93. Oh, interesting. Oh, well, I'm Pretty right. much the exact same time. Wow. The 3DO was awarded Worst Console Launch of 1993 by Electronic Ouch. Gaming Monthly. It took, it took it from the Jaguar. Well done. <laughs> um, Next Generation reviewed the 3DO in late 1995, which is a bit late. Uh, that's um, way late. Yeah. They noted that due chiefly to its early launch, it had a larger installed base and more high-quality games than the newly launched Saturn and PlayStation, <laughs> making it a viable alternative to those systems. However, they debated whether it would remain a serious contender in the long run in light of the successor well, mention this in a bit, but there was a planned uh, sequel, sequel successor, uh, the 3DO M2. Um, and uh, in light of the Saturn and PlayStation's superior hardware. Mm-hmm. They deemed the 3DO hardware to be overhyped, but still good for its time. They gave it two out of five stars, concluding it has settled Ooh. out as a solid system with some good titles in its library and more on the way. The question that must be answered, though, is this. Is having a good system enough? It's going to have a phenomenal, really phenomenal system. review, isn't it? <laughs> uh, not if you're charging $700 pop. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, citing at least a lack of decent exclusives and an astronomical asking price, in 2009, IGN chose the 3DO as its 22nd greatest video game console <laughs> of all time. I'll take Slightly it. higher than the Atari Jaguar. Oh, um, but, but lower than its four other major competitors. The Super Nintendo was fourth best. I would love to know what the top three are, because the Super Nintendo was fourth, the Genesis was fifth. <laughs> the PlayStation was seventh, and the Saturn was eighteenth. So I need to find out what the top three were. Uh, wait a minute, I'm I pretty sure. Did, did we have this discussion in an episode, or did we do it in one? With the IGN here? topic, no. No, like no. of what the best console of all time was, because okay. I my because I would say top two. I mean, maybe we can save this for another episode. We will, but, but I mean, everyone knows the best console of all time is the PS2. But, well, yeah. I was going to say the PS2 and the NES. Yeah, maybe they was. well they might have been top in the because this was two thousand and nine, so they could well have been been in there. Yeah, just PS two Nes and I don't know. Did you just not read the rest of the article or something? No, no I master system. I just referenced it. On I referenced it somewhere else. <laughs> I'm Ace. sorry, Keith. I thought you're, you're Wait till you do your podcast. I read. I read twenty <laughs> twenty seven to twenty two to number three. I, I just blanked out the top. Yeah. <laughs> On Yahoo Games, oh, 3DO was placed among the top five worst console launches due to its one-game launch lineup and high launch price. Mm. Gaming retrospectives have also accused the 3DO of having an abundance of poor-quality interactive movies. Trip Hawkins' business model for selling the 3DO was widely derided by industry figures. <laughs> um, oh, Trip. We won't make a pun. We were just... No, just oh, Trip. No. Do you not think consumers felt tripped off? No, no totally tripped off, man. Oh, Rob. 
well, big headline in my notes here, it says decline in big bold letters. Okay, decline. <laughs> the 3DO's claim to the title of most advanced console on the market was lost with the 1995, 1994 in Japan, launches of the Sony PlayStation and Sega Saturn. The 3DO company responded by emphasizing their console's large existing software library, lower price, both the Panasonic and Goldstar models were $299 by this time, mm. and promised successor, the M2. To assure consumers that the 3DO would still be supported, the M2 was initially announced as an add-on for the 3DO. It was later revealed that the M2 would be an entirely separate console, albeit one with 3DO backward compatibility. Eventually, the M2 project was cancelled. Oh, dear. Um, so unlike Panasonic, Goldstar initially produced only 3DO hardware and not software. Um, so this made it harder for them to manage the price drops because they couldn't keep dropping the price. They couldn't make it up anywhere else because they only made the, the hardware. Um, so when the price dropped to 199 in December 1995, the company took a loss of more than $100 on each sale. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Goldstar tried switching to the u- usual industry model of selling hardware at a loss and profiting on software. But though a, ha- a handful of Goldstar games were published with the 3DO, Goldstar's software development operation arrived too late to allow them to turn a profit. This lack of a profitable business model combined with Panasonic acquiring exclusive rights to the M2 technology was cited as two chief reasons for Goldstar dropping support for the 3 in early 1996. Um, during the second quarter of 96, several of the 3 most loyal software supporters, including the software division of the 3 company themselves, announced they were no longer making games for the system, leaving Panasonic as the only company supporting active software development for the 3 it was eventually discontinued by the end of 1996 with a complete shutdown of all internal hardware development and divestment of the M2 technology. 3DO company restructured themselves around the same time, selling off their hardware division on to become a multi-platform company focused on software development and online gaming. Yeah. Uh, just with the same name? Uh, yeah, I think the, it was for the 3DO a while. company. Yeah, the 3DO company. Um, it reminds me actually because I spoke. Remember, to, I spoke to Todd Fry a, a year or mm. so ago, yeah. and uh, I asked him what was his favourite game or most proudest game, and you might actually be Pac-Man or, or Sword Quest, but he actually said Battle Tanks, and that's okay. an N64 game made ah. by the 3DO company. Oh, there you go. And he said, yeah, he. I remember now. Listen back to him if you want, guys. But he said, I joined 3DO when they were kind of shutting down the hardware. It's all about making games, and he's really proud of Battle Tanks. I haven't played it. Um, I'm tempted to get a copy, but he said mm. he's really enjoyed making that. So oh, there you okay. go. It just shows you, you, you know, did it did soldier on for a bit as well, yeah. developing games. Um, so the initial high price is considered to be one of the main issues that led to its failure, uh, along with a lack of significant funding that larger companies such as Sony took advantage of. Um, in an interview shortly after the 3D, 3DO company dropped support for the system, Trip Hawkins attributed its failure to the model of licensing all hardware manufacturing and software to third parties. I think he kind of realised it was a mistake. Um, he reasoned that for a console to be a success, it needed a single strong company to take the lead in marketing, hardware and software, and pointed out that it was essentially a lack of coordination between the 3DO company, mm. Panasonic, and the 3DO software developers, which had led to the console launching with only one game ready. Um, I mean, have you guys got any other ideas on why it failed? Apart from that, obviously, ridiculous price and... I mean, we all are going to be playing it at some point, but mm. quality-wise, is it really that far below Saturn or PlayStation? Um, not some, not some strings, of the games, but not yep. some of the games. I don't think it was as capable of, of um, sort of polygonal stuff as the Saturn and PlayStation. Oh, is that word again? 
Polygonal. 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 I can say it. It's so funny listening to you guys. Polygamy. Polygamy. Polygonal. Polygonal. Need for Speed looks really good, actually. Yeah. Looks. I think that exact version was ported to the PlayStation. I think so. I think so. That's the version that ended up on the Saturn and PlayStation. Same with this version of Road Rash. Yeah. This is the original 32-bit version, and it ended up on. Saturn and PlayStation. I mean, uh, the screen, the screenshots look the same because I've got Road Rash on the PlayStation. It looks the same. So. I um, I can't remember how much it retailed here, but I suspect a big issue with 3DO terms of sales is it never really seemed to have a in-store presence. I mean, like we mm. were talking about, no, always a tiny, tiny shelf. Yeah, like basically, it. and I think you look at PlayStation and Saturn, they had a big presence right from the off and just never lit mm. that up. Same with N64. I think kind of... I, shut up, Adrian. I know what you're going to say. No, <laughs> 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 The Jaguar had a big shelf. No, it didn't. But it's like <laughs> Atari, Atari did the same thing. They didn't mm. buy up enough space in stores. I mean, CDI, kind of same thing. Like, you'd kind of have it there. There'd be like two or three games. Yeah. One of which would be Missed. And you never <laughs> yeah. kind of... Missed was on everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> you was. Missed was on bloody You everything. never really saw anything come out for the CDI. And after a while, you never really saw anything come out for the 3DO. Mm, yeah. And, you know, shops just weren't really stocking it after the first six months or so. It's marketing. It's consumer confidence. They didn't really have any of that at the mm. beginning. Mm. It's a shame because it does, you know, you look looking at these games... It's a nice looking console as well. Mm. You know, there is some, there's machine. some good games on it, and I, I think there was some something in the region of a couple of hundred games released for it. Wow! I mean, obviously there'd be a lot of rubbish and a lot of Japanese dodgy games. <laughs> um, we all want to have a go at those. Yeah, don't, don't even tell yeah. me you don't. We want to have a go at the 3DO hentai game. Twinkle Night. 3DO hentai yeah. games. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's it. I don't remember really. I mean, I wasn't looking at the time. That's the thing for us mm. as as teenagers and kids at the time. It was out of reach anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I've only got the dollar figures. I'm not sure how much it was here. Let's say it was 500 quid. My Mega Drive, oh, my Mega Drive cost the hundred. Yeah, and just, you know, it was just a different end of the market. We were like, poor, so. is it? I mean, we barely afforded blooming Master System. Mm. <laughs> you know, get, give me a 3D. No thanks. But yeah. I can imagine it was probably it was, rich kids, it was probably like on display in in like department stores and stuff, like next mm. to the expensive TVs and mm. like the CD That's equipment the and stuff you know, like that. I had to not, go on one. It mm. must have been must have been HMV. I think they must have had a, a cabinet. Yeah, it. but it just they didn't have anything else. There was not. There was literally nothing else. Mm. No just you presents. and that yuppie. <laughs> Me and that yuppie. <laughs> you and that one No yuppie. other store presents. Going round and round in loops. Oh, my God. I'm just going track. round and round. I'm like, this looks all right, but this is boring. <laughs> so you're probably asking yourselves, why did I buy one? Yeah, I asked you that at the beginning. I've always podcast. wanted one. Okay. Ever, si- well, ever since I saw the that footage of uh, Road Rash, wherever I saw it, I just thought it looks so cool. And it w- for me... And it's kind of the same now. Like, I'm never going to be a PC gamer. It just looks like too much hard work. I just want to be able to turn whatever I'm playing on and play it. I don't want to have to buy a, graphic, PC a graphics board, card and a yeah, sound PC card. Board, and it, it's, it's kind of like I can think back because, you know, we'll, we'll have a bash on it later. I'll show you guys. I think for the time, some of the FMV, the quality of it, having been used to sort of seeing like the Mega CD stuff mm-hmm. and things like that, it was really grainy and compressed. It looks really good. And I can imagine if I'd seen that and played on it in 1993, you know, I'd have been like mind blown. And also, Adrian mm. doesn't have a CRT, so we it have won't to look actually... as good on a C- ah, TV. But Trip Hawkins, he said, said it was HD compatible. He said it's going it to look amazing. Compatible. It's so going to look amazing. The next video <laughs> podcast we have, we will tell you about whether yeah. it was HD compatible or not. Um, but I just, I just always liked the idea of having one. Um, no, it's cropped up in a lot of our podcasts, isn't it? It's yeah. always sort of been in the yeah. sort of background. 
And I'm really happy you got it, Keith. Well, it's, it's one of those, I think. Yeah. I'm happy that you spent the money on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, there's retro consoles that appeal and some that don't. I have got no desire to own an Atari Jaguar. Ever. Mm. Yeah, boo. Boo. Boo that man. But, yeah, Keith is one with the unusual opinion <laughs> yeah, here. Thanks, <laughs> but this has always, you know, I'd never want to get a CDI. But this one, yeah. this thing, it's has always itch. kind of... Yeah, it has. I've said that before yeah. as well. It's been like an itch. And I was just like, no, I've got to do it. Just don't scratch it. the console. Yeah, do you know what started point. it off as well? It was just a lone podcast. <laughs> Once I found out about the, the, the specially made 3 ds I've got to play it. Demolition like, oh my Man. God. That yeah. is literally number one on the on yeah. the list of games in that pile I want to play. That was my mission. Yeah. I was like, right, one day, one day. Um, and it just, it, I think it had, it's got like a mystique as well, because like we said at the beginning, I didn't know anyone who had one. I don't remember mm. seeing one in person. You won't, I'd certainly never played yeah, it before. Because we're not millionaires. No. So but also know. I think, like you kind of mentioned earlier, there are so many games that were one shots mm. that were really highly rated that were on... Like you say, the Madden 3DO, the yeah. Road Rash 3DO, the FIFA 3DO, Need for Speed. Yeah. They were all 3DO only, pretty much. They like, were. Yeah, and they, they eventually they got ported to the Saturn, uh, Saturn and PlayStation, but they're not as good. Those versions of Road Rash yeah. are not as good. This is the best one. And that's pretty cool. So there is, like, there's, there's a small number of really good games that make it worth having. And it's also not one where you're going to fall into, like, a money pit of collecting hundreds and hundreds of great games you it's say that now like ni- well maybe <laughs> but you can uh, you know i can kind of envisage having a nice he's, little collection of really he's good filed for bankruptcy <laughs> because he bought he bought all of the 3do yeah. collection um, including the hentai stuff he'll <laughs> <laughs> be in the queue with trip hawkins so he's trying to launch another console <laughs> well, one of the, the most one of the most notorious games like that um is called plumber's don't wear ties. Oh yes, have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Yes, no. it's always don't wear ties. You, it's that infamous. Is, isn't it? Yeah, it is infamous. You might it's have to terrible. get it. So basically, what it is, it's because I've seen a lot of YouTubers cover it. It's so bad. I think Angry Video Game knows yeah, that. Yeah. Um, it's like still photos of like these sort of nineties stereotypes, and then voice clips. So not, it's not video, um, oh. and it's like you know, hey baby, <laughs> what are you doing tonight? And then you kind of click. Are they all plumbers? And. I, I don't know. Um, but Apparently one of them is Joey Tribbiani. <laughs> Joey, Joey <laughs> yeah. Tribbiani. Oh, you're doing. And then by the end... You're like, going to break the, the, if the you select, feed tray to keep doing that. If you select correctly, eventually you get like a still shot of a topless woman in the shower. Oh. That, okay. If you see it's it cheap, it's pretty, you've got to get Thomas it cheap. Thomas, no, If I can, I will. Um, so that's it. So I've only just got it. Um, I'm going to play the hell out of it until it explodes. Um, you guys are going to play it, it. You guys are going to play it. We're going to check out some games, see what it's like, and then we'll report we'll back a follow-up pod, at yeah. a later date and let everyone know and then what it's be like, like to own a, a 3 do Why didn't I get a CDI instead? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it would just be me crying, going, why? Why did I do it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, until next time. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at UK at Keith Barlow 82 and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.